A very warm welcome to everybody that's joining us uh, today to our um, Thursday webinar series. Um, the theme is Biblical and Prophetic Teachings. And our teaching today will be on the Passover connection, Pesach and the Passion Week. Um, but if you do need translation, um, please join us on Zoom. If you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, we have multiple um, translators helping us and we're translating into Chinese, French, Portuguese and Spanish and even Thai language, but that's available on Zoom. So please join us on Zoom if you need any translation. Um, as we're waiting also for uh, more people to join us um, this today, I just would like to say a very um, a warm and heartful thank you to all those that have been partnering with us in rescuing Jews from Ukraine, especially Holocaust survivors. Um, they were not able to um, make the efforts to, um, uh, to move out of um, Ukraine by themselves, but they needed rescue from Ukraine. And many of you have partnered together with us in these efforts. And we just want to like to thank you so much for partnering with us. Our Jewish French friends have been very happy and overjoyed. And it's been a great um, sign of love and comfort from our Christian friends from around the world um, to help our Jewish friends in their big need in this Ukrainian crisis. So once again, thank you if you've partnered with us. We very, very much appreciate that. Um, we see people are um, joining us as we are speaking here. So once again, if you do need translation, they're available on Zoom, English, Chinese, French, Portuguese, Spanish, and Thai language. So please join us on, on that. Um, and yeah, we would like to um, introduce our speaker today. It's a very familiar face with the ICJ. I've been joining our global prayer meetings, our webinars many, many times. It is our dear friend, um, Reverend Malcolm Heading. He's been the former ICJ executive director. He's the ICJ spokesperson. He's also an ICJ board member. He's a pastor, um, a, um, a church planter and has been traveling for many decades around the world, teaching biblical truth, especially on the subject of Israel and the church. So we're very honored having you once again with us, Malcolm, um, very much welcome. And we're looking very much forward to another wonderful message um, from you, especially during this time, as tomorrow will be um, the start of Pesach in the era for the Jewish people, especially Israel but also for the Christian people will celebrate Passover, remembering the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So very much um, a warm welcome, welcome, and we're looking forward to your teaching. I'll give it over to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, David, for that very warm and uh, wonderful welcome. And it's always a blessing to serve with you and to um, share the word of God with our viewers so thank you so much it's a joy to be with everyone this morning and indeed i would like to underline what a wonderful blessing it is that the christian embassy and its partners worldwide could step into the situation in the ukraine and save so many wonderful jewish lives so thank you everybody i want to add that uh, uh, thank you to david's it's so important that we take hold of situations like this in real time and put into action uh, 
the words that we've expressed to the Jewish people for decades, that we do love them, care about them, and seek to comfort them. So what a blessing that has been. May it continue <clears throat> to be so. Today, I'd like to talk to you about Passover in the context of its original setting. And that is the Passover that was celebrated uh, some thousands of years ago now, some 3,300 maybe years ago now uh, in Egypt when the Israelites were in bondage. There is so much that we can learn uh, from that story. And uh, it's a very important one. And therefore, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. <clears throat> and uh, we shall be reading from verse 1. And uh, it runs as follows. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night. Roasted in fire with unleavened bread, with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It is a remarkable story of God's deliverance of his people in Israel from their bondage, but it's one that is taken up expressly in the New Testament. <clears throat> and we, we find two very, <clears throat> excuse me, very interesting verses. The first is in the book of John, where John the baptizer is at the River Jordan and the mouth of it as it went down into the Dead Sea. And there <clears throat> he is baptizing. And on a particular day, Jesus arrives 
And John beholds him and then says this, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he associates Jesus completely with the Passover story that we've just led, read. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul uh, makes this statement. He says that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been slain. So again, the Apostle Paul does exactly what John did, in that he associates Jesus fully with the Passover story that we have just read. A story of deliverance, a story of God's love for his people, a story that gives us so much instruction about who we are, what we are, and how we should relate to God. So I wish to unfold some of the mysteries of Passover with you this morning as we find them embedded, particularly in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, by way of introduction, I think it's therefore important to know this, that when Jesus came to Jerusalem for the third Passover, the one just before his death, the truth of the Bible is that he never came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. In fact, he came to be the Passover. And that's remarkable. He never came to celebrate the Passover, though in a way he did. But the truth is, he came to be the Passover. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been slain, says Paul. And so Jesus put himself squarely into the events of that initial Passover some 3,000 that at Passover there is no at the original Passover there was no distinction what do we mean everyone no matter whether they were Israelite or Egyptian were at risk of being angel of death that is by the tenth plague no one no one 
was exempt from the implications of what was happening. The difference was only in who they appropriated or what they appropriated, which in itself means that everyone was helpless, the Jews and the Egyptians. They needed something outside of themselves to save them. And you know, the Bible tells that there was uh, a vast multitude of unsaved, or should we say Gentile Egyptians that gathered with Israel that night and went out with them. The Bible says a multitude of foreigners heard the message and knew that God was truly working and took shelter under the blood of a lamb that night and therefore came out with the Israelites from that awful bondage. And that in itself is something that should be driven home to everyone today. It's not by our good works or our efforts that we are saved. We need something outside of ourselves. We need a lamb, a lamb that is perfect. And uh, if we do not appropriate that lamb, then the plague of death representing the anger of God will actually fall upon us and we shall not escape. We shall not escape. And we need to understand that and recognize it. There is no distinction at Passover. The message is clear. We all need a lamb for our redemption. And may that be true of us at this particular time of the year. Secondly, and flowing out of that then, Passover is about substitutionary sacrifice. In other words, another pays the price for the offender. Someone else has to redeem us. Someone else has to buy us back and bring us into union with God. Someone else had to prepare the way for the Israelites so that they could go out and become the people of God and follow him and fulfill the destiny that God had for them in terms of blessing the world. So Passover is about substitutionary sacrifice. And that means that Passover is about the wrath and the mercy of God being united in the suffering of a lamb. We need to hear that. Passover is about the wrath or the anger of God and the mercy of God being united in the suffering of a lamb. And the Bible here teaches that God spares Israel's sons not because they are better than the Egyptian sons, but because a spotless lamb dies in their place. In other words, what happens to the lamb is that which should have happened 
to them. And the death we speak about here is separation from God forever. To be cast off from his presence. To be lost forever in outer darkness. Alienated from God. So the Passover story is a desperate one. If they did not put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and lintels, the consequences were dire. The Bible says that many of the Egyptians laughed at that and scorned it, even in Pharaoh's household. But on that awful night when the angel of death passed over the Israelites and the Egyptians, many died. And there was a great wailing and gnashing of teeth throughout the land. That, my friends, that, my friends, is a warning as to what will happen to each one of us if we ignore the love of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, that united with the anger of God on the cross of Jesus. where he took our place. The lamb became redeemer. And uh, it's important for us to remember that. The New Testament teaches that everywhere, that Jesus' death is substitutionary, just as the lamb was. It was in every respect substitutionary. And its blood had to be placed over the doorposts and lintels of every home, which is a symbol actually of the cross, the doorposts and the lintels, a symbol of the cross. Only that could save them, that spilt blood. And only the blood of Jesus will save us. And then thirdly, God provided a spotless lamb at Passover. A spotless lamb. It reminds me of Abraham when he walked up Mount Moriah with Isaac. And Isaac, in, uh, in some form of bewilderment, then said to his father, Father, where is the lamb? If we're going to sacrifice, then where's the lamb? And his father said, God will provide for himself a lamb. God will provide for himself a lamb. The terminology is interesting. It's, it tells us that in the first place, the lamb did something for God. We need to hear that. In the first place, the lamb did something for God. And in the second place, he did something for us. That is, for God, he absorbed his wrath and his anger in his own body. For us, it meant we were absolved 
and freed from the consequences of our sins. So there's this uniting of anger and mercy, anger and love in the story. And uh, the fascinating thing is this lamb had to be particular. So in Exodus, we read that on the 10th day of Nisan, <clears throat> they, they had to search for a lamb. And once they had discovered the one they thought was appropriate, they had to bring it to their home. And then for three days, they had to carefully inspect it. That is on the 11th day, the 12th day, and the 13th day. They had to make sure that it had no blemishes. They had to make sure that it was spotless. They had to make sure that in every way it was a perfect lamb, a beautiful, innocent, spotless lamb. And the fact that they had to spend three days looking at it, inspecting it, I can just see them picking up its little legs and uh, looking at its paws and looking underneath its uh, belly area and scrutinizing its ears and its head and going through its body and even examining its tail. And, and they just wanted to know that this, this thing had to be free of any marks or anything that would not make it the right lamb. And so they did this for three days. And then on the 14th day, that is the fourth day, they sacrificed it. And that is a perfect picture of Jesus, our Passover. The fact is, for three years, not three days, but for three days or three years of days, should I say, Jesus was in the public arena. His life, his ministry, his works were scrutinized. They were inspected. Even by those who hated him, he faced all sorts of examination, a lot of it with evil intent. They wanted to find a chink in his armor. They desired with everything in them to, to discover imperfection in his character. And the gospels record how for three years he moved amongst his world. And in John chapter 8 and verse 46, near the end of that time, he stood up even facing his antagonists and said this, which one of you convicts me of sin? Which one of you can stand up 
and point a finger at my character. Now, you know, dear friends, I will not try that. I know that David either would never dare to do that. Because if he stood up and I stood up and we said, well, can any of you find a chink in our armor? Is there anything we ever did that was wrong? Was there anything that we should not have done that we left out? And did we ever tell a lie? Well, I tell you, friends, a whole world would have stood up. And uh, it would have been a certain chutzpah for us to do that. It was, in a way, a chutzpah for Jesus to do it. But actually, it wasn't. Because they were still. Which one of you, after all these years, after the three days of years, can convict me of sin. Isn't that amazing? He was fully inspected. And uh, they could find nothing. God provided the lamb for himself. in order to satisfy his anger and for you in order to deliver you save you and reconcile you to himself it is a remarkable story indeed and then you know the fourth thing that comes out of this exodus 12 passage that is really interesting is this that the Passover lamb had to be carefully appropriated. If you read the passage again carefully in your own time, you will discover that the writer says three things about the lamb. And these three things, in a way, set out or pinpoint our journey toward him. And it's deliberate. We should know it. It's part of the secrets, the mysteries embedded in this passage. And so, first of all, God says, you know what you should do here? You must look for a lamb in verse 3. A lamb. Go and find a lamb. And that's what many of us very often start out with in our journey towards God. We look, we're looking around for the way. And is there a lamb that can save us? God says, you find a lamb. The next thing he says, the lamb. Very interesting. And if the household is too small, that's verse 4, for the lamb. And that means there's only one unique lamb that can save the world. A lamb must become the lamb. He is the savior. You know, you cannot bypass 
the cross of Christ. He is the lamb. There is none other. And then the story takes another turn. And in verse five, it says, your lamb. You move from a lamb, which becomes the lamb, but he must become your lamb. I must own him. You must own him. You have to appropriate him. And in fact, you have to appropriate him in the way that you fully receive him into your life. So the story tells us that they had to eat the whole lamb. Every part of it. And they, they had to prepare it with fire. And that means we should understand. First of all, your need for all of Jesus. You can't take part of him. You can't make him a hobby. They couldn't pick and choose which part of the lamb they wanted. Man, they had to eat it all. If you don't eat it all, you're not saved. You're not going to be saved. In fact, even if there were bits left over, they had to burn them with fire. They, they had to make sure they appropriated everything of this fiery, burnt sacrifice. A reminder that Jesus delivers us from the fire and the anger of God. It's highlighted here. Which, which, which brings us to a place of thankfulness that God should provide for himself a lamb who would absorb his fire on our behalf. But we eat it in gratitude. We eat it in understanding. There is so much frivolousness in the church today my friends we're in an understanding of what jesus did on the cross is not fully appreciated and partly because preachers refuse to preach on the wrath of god the anger of god and hell but these are not terrifying Because we've been delivered from them. A lamb must become the lamb. The lamb must become your lamb.
my lamb. And I must eat all his flesh. Jesus said that in John 6. Giving us a picture of Passover. That is, I must appropriate everything he did for me on the cross and live for him. What a story. And then we come, fifthly, the Passover is the new year. This will be the beginning of months for you. You know, you are not really alive until you appropriate Christ, who is our Passover. When, when we come to him and surrender our lives to him, you know, life begins again. I mean, everything that went before just had the smell of death. But when we surrender our lives to Christ, we are reunited with God our Father. Our sins are washed away. We are freed from the anger of God. And we are freed from Pharaoh, the devil. Completely freed. And more than that, we are freed from the world, from Egypt. The Bible talks about the flesh pots of Egypt, <clears throat> where debauchery and evil living is symbolized in boiling pots of pleasure. Lives are wasted away in city bars and brothels and all sorts of places of wickedness. We've been delivered from Egypt. We are a new people. Jesus said it's like being born again. It's the beginning of months for us. It's the start of a new year. In terms of Israel, you know, this is their new year. There is no other new year in the Bible for Israel. Not even Rosh Hashanah is the new year, actually. There's nothing in the Bible that teaches that Rosh Hashanah is the new year. Nothing. Absolutely zero. Zip. It's become a tradition only. And I have no problem with that. But it is factual that it's not Israel's new year. Israel's only new year was the day when the blood of a lamb saved them from bondage. And, you know, the Bible's clear about that. Not only will this be the beginning of life for you, it says, but this is the beginning of months the whole year is to be marked off from this date. It's, it's amazing how the enemy puts a camouflage 
over truth. Even in many Christian celebrations, there is a sort of camouflage as to their true meaning. There's something always there that waters it down and takes away its significance. And therefore, the power of what God did is lost to us. The mystery of Pesach is this is the beginning for you. And you know, many people will never begin life. Jesus said, the road is narrow that leads to life, but the road that goes to destruction is broad. But we... And all who can hear and respond had a new beginning. That's what it's all about. And you know, the, the fascinating thing is that they had to go out in haste. It says that at the end, they had to leave in haste. They couldn't fool around. There was a clear line of demarcation where what they were changed forever and what they became reorganized their life forever. They had to leave in haste. Why? It is the Lord's Passover. You leave your sin. You delivered from the wrath of God. You freed from Pharaoh. And you're no longer entangled in Egypt. And to make it clearer, they went through the Red Sea. A picture of baptism. According to the New Testament. And it was impossible. You could not do it. But they went through it, meaning that once Jesus has changed your life, there's a power in you that changes you forever. You could not and should not go back. The old hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. So this Passover is really wonderful. The story in Exodus 12 is just incredible in its teaching as it is fully summed up in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. So I pray that this Passover, you will appropriate him fully, remembering all that he's done for you. Feed upon him by faith. Love him with all your heart. And go out to serve him. Because Christ, our Passover lamb,
has been sacrificed. Amen, and God bless you. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Malcolm, for this wonderful teaching. And uh, yeah, may we all remember and embrace the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that have died on the cross for our sins, have set us free from our sin and from this world, as you've been teaching us. And um, as we all, many of us will remember this, we'll be celebrating that. Maybe there are someone here on our call that still need to invite the Lamb of God into his heart or embrace the Lamb of God, embrace Jesus Christ, invite him into the heart. And maybe, Malcolm, maybe you would like to lead us in prayer um, after such a wonderful teaching in to embrace the Lamb of God once again in our lives, especially for those or that person that might be on the call that have never done it before. As there, there are an urgency, this is an urgent matter for each one of us to embrace the Lamb of God and get our freedom, forgiveness um, from sin um, from the Lamb of God. If you can just please lead us in prayer, that will be great. Welcome. I'll count that an honor. Father, we thank you today that we could spend these moments looking at your word. And we thank you indeed for the gift of Passover. And for the gift of your son. He is Passover. Your word says that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And we thank you that he has removed from our lives your wrath and that he has conquered the power and the tyranny of sin within us, delivered us from the devil and freed us from this world. I pray for today for those who have heard this message that they should appropriate him, they should give all of their lives to him. They should take him fully, that he should be Lord of their lives and free them from the angel of death. So if you've heard this message, then pray this prayer after me. Dear Father in heaven, Thank you for your word. Thank you that the power of Passover prevails today. That I can still come to you. Repent of my sins. And take your son, Jesus, into my life. Today, Lord, I recognize that a lamb has become the lamb. But more than that, I make him my lamb. I give my life to you, Jesus.
that I may henceforth live for you. And follow you. I surrender all that I am to you. Knowing that your word says. As many as received him. To them he gave the right. To become children of God. I thank you for hearing my prayer. I praise you and I bless you. And I rise to go out with joy. To serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Malcolm. It's been such a pleasure having you once again with us. It's been a wonderful teaching. For those that have joined us around the world, um, from Canada, the US, France, Finland, Denmark, um, Africa, Asia, Thailand, Taiwan, and China, all that have joined us from around the world. Thank you so much um, for joining us. We wish you all a wonderful Passover. In Israel, we will say Pesach Sameach, which means um, happy Passover. For us, it truly is one, as we all have embraced the Lamb of God, the Son of God. And remember to pray for our Jewish friends. They will celebrate Pesach, but they are celebrating their freedom from Egypt. But one day we know their eyes will be open and they will also celebrate their freedom fully from sin through the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which is the Lamb of God that they have been taught in Exodus 12 already. So remember our Jewish friends. Once again, thank you, Malcolm, and everybody. Enjoy your Passover. We bless you from Jerusalem, from the ICJ. And thank see you, you next week, Thursday, 4 o'clock, for another wonderful webinar. So thank, thank you, Malcolm. And thank you, everybody from around the world. Bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next Thursday at 4 p.m. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on our social media pages for more exclusive ICJ content.